Welcome to the Rewire Podcast. This is episode 48. I have with me today a very special guest, a very dear friend of mine, a colleague as well, former coach. Uh, Amanda Morley is a former six-time national team world-class athlete, uh, two-time Olympian, and uh, she also has an amazing coaching program called Fortify Coaching. She helps achievers transform their bodies and fortify their minds to get results. Welcome, mm -hmm. Amanda. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. You too. And we were talking about this podcast for a little while now. And, you know, we thought, actually, you sent out a post last week and I saw it. And like, whenever I see your posts, it's always just like such powerful energy coming your way. And, and I think the post is called Energy is Everything. So I thought <laughs> that would be a great topic for this podcast. Let's just like put out some good energy into the world right now. And we could talk about a few different things that are happening as well. Absolutely. Well, I do believe energy is everything. And um, both of us are like one of our mentors, Helen Marie Fox, she's amazing. And she always says that energy is everything. And it precedes us. And it just has such a great impact. So absolutely. I love your energy as well. And I'm excited to talk all things energy. You're totally Yeah, we're on the same page. Love it. Beautiful. Uh, well, so before we get into that, I've just, because uh, we've never talked about this at length at all, uh, just kind of surface level, but I am really curious about your, your sports career and, and as an Olympian. So um, maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about that. And then, you know, I'd like to a little, know a little bit more about the mindset behind that as well. But, uh, but tell us about uh, some of your, your sports pedigree. Absolutely. Well, it's always such a fun story. And I always, um, I have such great respect for all facets of athletics. Um, the Olympic Games is incredible. And I was able to be the Olympic team alternate. So I didn't get to actually compete at the Olympics, but both of my teams, um, both for the US as well as for Canada, um, had medaled at the Games. Um, 2010, I was with Canada um, and our team won gold and silver, Kaylee Humphreys and Heather Moyes. And then I was the alternate for the US team in 2006 as well. And really, Brian, that all came about because I started running when I was in grade two. So I loved running. I always loved going as fast as I could, but I also did quite a bit of distance when I was younger. Um, my running just kept going. I fell in love with track and field, did that all the way through high school. Uh, my senior year, they approached me and said, Amanda, we think you'd be great in the 300 meter hurdles. And I thought, well, I'd always done the shorter sprints, but I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so I did. I pretty much high jumped over the hurdles the whole way around, <laughs> uh, but I got around fast enough because I, you know, I ran fast in between and I was able to, you know, make it to state and be successful there and then eventually got recruited to the University of Nebraska um, on a track scholarship and that was to do the 400 meter hurdles and they said yeah another 100 meters couple hurdles we'll show you some form and technique and go now that was I didn't know much about the quarter hurdles but now looking back I'm like I think the quarter hurdles and the steeplechase are like two of the hardest events in track and field like they're so gritty and just intense but when I got there we did and we started training and um, the head coach for the throwing program he said Amanda you're a hammer thrower and I was like, I am not a thrower. I'm a track athlete. Like I, I do, I don't want to be a part of the field. I do track. And he said, just give it a try. And so I did, I picked up the hammer and I threw it and I threw it far. It was a perfect combination for all of the speed as well as my strength. I was always a bigger hurdler, but I was a smaller thrower. Um, and yeah, that, that got me to nationals 
conference championships. And then um, while I was at nationals, the head coach for the women's bobsled team, uh, the national team approached me and he said, uh, we think you'd be a great fit for bobsledding um, up in Lake Placid. And so I was like, bobsledding, isn't that cold and dangerous? <laughs> That's literally what I said to him, Brian. It was yeah. so funny. Isn't that cold and dangerous? I'm not interested. And so yeah. he goes, well, you know, if you want to give it a try, here's my card. And so I was really looking at that point for kind of what was next. I was pre-med, but I knew that Western medicine wasn't the direction that really my heart was calling me. And I thought, well, is this bobsledding thing really what's next? And when I went up to Lake Placid, it was great. Again, I pushed fast enough to get on the World Cup team and uh, they put me on a flight over to Europe, which I had never been over to Europe before. And that was the start of my journey back in 2003. Um, all around Europe, um, Italy, Austria, Germany, all over the place on these icy slopes for somebody who doesn't like roller coasters, um, but wants to compete. It was definitely, it was an adventure all the way through. And then I competed for the Canadian team um, for the latter part of my career. So that's the story of bobsledding. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. What a way to see the world with all of those athletes. And uh, so did you find being exposed to coaches at such a high level, uh, in those days as an athlete and, and being a great athlete, did that inspire you to be a coach uh, now in present day? Absolutely. Um, I, I really always had a heart for medicine. And actually, I was always really intrigued by the way the mind works. So neuroscience was something for me that I was always like, how is this working? So naturally, um, I remember before the 2010 Olympics, we did this test. And basically, our sports psychologists were analyzing how, you know, what our weaknesses were, what our strengths were mentally as athletes. And um, I was fascinated because what came back my lowest point was mental resilience. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't really know what to do with that. But that really started my journey in diving in to figure it out and be like, okay, what does it mean to be mentally resilient? How do I get tools and strategies to do that? You know? And so um, I've always been just intrigued with the mind and the connection to the body. And then stepping into coaching, it's like, man, you're able, coaches have impacted my life all of my life. And so being able to have a really, really amazing impact in, in these athletes life and, and with Fortify, we really focus on, on athletes now. It's really about like, how do we get their capacity to be totally lived out and for them to really see what their potential is and really define what high performance is for them because for everybody it's different and in doing so of course all their results and everything their fulfillment is impacted so um, absolutely my coaches some of the best in the world at what they do i learned i had you know great experiences and not so good experiences but all of which really informed um, who i am as a coach today so i'm super grateful yeah well, i think that's probably a big part of why we click so well with uh, our conversations because the mind is so powerful. And I think that a lot of people, you know, I think more so nowadays that people look at these, the top athletes in the world and they see just the very elite ones, the, the way their mind works is completely different um, in terms of a lot of other people. And um, so, you know, you, you talked about some of the tools and things that you use to, to, you know, sharpen your mind and become, um, I guess, whatever, more confident, more um, connected to the body for, for sports. Now, if you have a, if you have an athlete today that you're working with um, and somebody's sort of maybe having some issues uh, with confidence or consistency, or, you know, we just get stuck uh, with their, in our own way. It's a, it's the common term, but what, a, 
Like, how do you approach the, uh, like something like that to get somebody sort of engaged with the mind and, and working mm -hmm. moving forward? It's a great question, Brian. Um, I think first and foremost, really recognizing like what, how are you measuring whatever success is and has it, maybe it's changed. So really getting real about what is important to you right now. And so that's really where I start with our athletes. I'm like, okay, so what is it that you want right now? Not what your parents want. Cause I'm working with, you know, younger athletes all the way up to, you know, Ironman competitors and some professional athletes, but you know, it's really important to have a frame for what it is you're going after in the here and now. And that might look different than it did last month, or, you know, all of us have experienced quite an incredible last, you know, year and a half, there's been lots of opportunities to be resilient. Right. And so it's like, Whoa, it's been hard. You've had to get gritty. So really what's important has shifted. I know it has for me, for many of us, it's like, what's most important right now. So that's really a great great starting point because from there you can look at the different layers of okay what's working what's not working of course but I really believe if you look at the root then the fruit is actually impacted. So if you look at what's going on and then what's really going on, um, my background is in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So that's kind of where my mind goes. It's like okay I see that I hear that I hear that put them together and like let's look at what's deeper. And if we can impact that, then the fruit will actually be impacted. So um, with each person, it's really, really different. But I think the great place to really start is looking at, is it relevant still? Is this still your goal? Is this what you're, and who are you doing it for? You know, and then look, working backwards. Um, I've actually, you have impacted my journey so much, especially over these last months with breath work, because that's what you do. And I'm like, okay, I don't know as much. I love yoga and of course, body movement and stuff, but really using the breath has been amazing. So that's a tool that I've used with some of my athletes. And I have um, a couple of like examples of them, like using it in the field of play, in the field of competition while they're testing or while they're in the ER, you know, observing a surgery and really tapping into their breath. And so that four, seven, eight breathing, I was like, whoop, whoop. I always give you props and I love it. I love, um, you know, I'm excited to work with you more with some of our athletes within that because it's so, so powerful. So, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the breath work is a very powerful tool. And I, I like the way you approach that too, because everybody is different. And so it's really interesting to listen to the words they're using and to really kind of notice uh, patterns that are coming up and, and limited beliefs. Um, and, you know, we'll maybe talk about this in a few minutes, but uh, a lot of people have to heal too, which is interesting too. And so that's where as a coach, you know, sometimes you're going into some deep areas too, that you might not expect in order to help people sort of let go of certain things and, and move forward. But, uh, but yeah, just to comment on the breathwork thing, I mean, in terms of resilience, I mean, I mean we've done some breathwork together, uh, you know, over Zoom. And uh, I, I love that breathwork has now sort of become more mainstream in terms of a practice that people do every day. And uh, I heard some um, Facebook ad, there's some dude who does breathwork. He's fairly high up with this, but he's saying it's the new yoga. Well, I don't agree that it's the new yoga. Yoga is the yoga. <laughs> And yoga really kind of, it's all yoga breath, really. A lot of even box breathing and things that Navy SEALs do, that's all yoga breathing uh, originally. But, but, but being able to learn how to use the breath to overcome the stress response with certain techniques every single day it creates that resilience that you talk about. And, you know, you start to learn about toning the vagal nerve and all these other things in the body that um, we, could, we actually have conscious control over with the breath. It's not just 
that thing we do just to, to stay alive, but there's so much more we can do with it. Are, are you so with the breath work now, are you, are you doing any breath work stuff with your coaches at the moment? With my clients? Um, clients yeah. yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, definitely. It's actually something I'm like, okay, Brian, I want to talk to you more about <laughs> the whole segment on that. I just had that when you said the conscious control was so amazing because actually this weekend, um, the kids are under a lot of stress. I know that you have your kids, my little guy, Reese, mm -hmm. they went through their third grade testing. So all of these tests haven't changed the standard for what they're supposed to know, but they've gone through, you know, this intense last, you know, year and a half. And so he was really, really, he's like, mom, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. And he was starting to kind of stutter his words and all these things. And I'm like, Whoa, this is not my kid. And so I go, buddy, everybody is dealing with stress everybody is going through hard stuff at some point. You are very, very capable. You're very strong and you need to look at the tools that I've given you, or we need to find some new tools, but you can, you can manage, you can negotiate. You don't have to get overwhelmed and shut down and nobody's going to rescue you, buddy. Nobody's going to come and like, do it for you. You've got to take the test. You've got to read the book, whatever it is. And so he was in, he, he, that was, he was um, doing homework, I'm starting to get all worked up and he shared this with me because he had testing last week, Ryan. And then he was getting ready to go to a football game and he was starting to kind of get anxious again. And I heard him in the back and he was doing um, oh, the thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, the one that we've done before, it was so cool. And so he's back there trying to use his tools, but I was like, okay, I want to, I want to hone those tools. But I was so, I was like, we have tools at our disposal, whether or not we used, we decide to to use them, I think as a coach, as a parent, like those are the, those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. So I was really, I was like, okay, we got to empower our clients and empower our children, empower other people to use the tools that are at your disposal because they make a difference. You exactly. had a great game, played awesome, but it was, that was one um, example as a mom. And then definitely as a coach, I mean, I've, it's one of the pieces that I've just added in now. I'm like, Hey, you guys, like, look, this is, here's another tool. I'm going to take you through it. You go ahead and do it. So it's like, you give them the tools and you see how far they run, they come back and you give them some more. So yeah. definitely using it a lot in my personal life as well as professionally. It's great. Oh, that's amazing. There's so many amazing tools now. Um, but you know, as you know, these are all practices that, that, you know, that over time, you know, we create a habit out of, and, um, you know, a lot of people, I think they try something and then they stop. And as soon as you stop, you just regress your, your progress on that. But I mean, it's with practice, there's so many different tools. Now the breath combined with, uh, with just like a, a few moments in silence too, you know, you, meditation freaks some people out, but just that call it a self-examination, just taking a little bit of time to listen. Um, and then you can actually start to notice those patterns that are coming up and those narratives and those stories that all originate from one thought that's probably not even true. Um, that eventually weaves itself and into a narrative and then you're like anxious about something. So, mm -hmm. so that's actually, I'm interested to hear, but so someone like yourself, because I, I gotta say, Amanda, like in today's um, sort of environment, you get a, a lot of stuff. You see people, uh, some people who are just like, you know, they're, they're on this side of the fence or on this side of the fence, or they're very, very negative, or they're just like, you know, I, my life won't begin again until things are back to normal, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's people who are really trying to do the best they can uh, under the circumstances and trying to stay positive and, and putting out good energy and energy is everything. Uh, yeah. So what is your 
secret to staying resilient yourself? Like, like you're, do you have like a morning routine? Do you have something that you do every day, like self-care, self-love routine that just kind of keeps you glowing and uh, lifting all the rest of us up? Oh, well, thank you for that received. And I'm no, it's, you know, it's been trial and error. It's been, I mean, just like everybody else, it's been a really, it's been an intense year of kind of finding my way back to myself, of leading my business, of leading my family, um, of healing, of forgiving, like so many different dynamics. And so I think the first thing, Brian, is like, a lot of times there will be times that people ask me, they're like, are you always this happy? Like, you can't always be that happy. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not. Cause I'm a human. Like, you know, like I have crappy days, but I just don't fight them. You know, like I have days where the sun's not shining, but I just like, I told, and I shared this with my son. I go, you know, we have stuff that comes up, but you just like, you, you find a way to like get to a space where you need to be emotionally so that you can keep going. And so it's really like little simple steps. Like you talked about the habits. It's like little things. Okay. What's going to create a shift right now for me. I'm in an icky space. A lot of times I ask my clients this right away. I ask myself this, what does Amanda need? Like, what does Amanda need today? And I start with that actually. And I allow that to really lead like what I give myself or what I ask for from other people. Um, also with boundaries, like I just, the one thing, there's not many things that I hate, but one thing that I hate, Brian, is negative energy. I'm like, dude, don't, I, I tell my kid, I'm like, don't come in here and take a crap in the living room and be like, okay. I'm like, your stank attitude or your bad energy has nothing to do with me. Take your face for a walk. Like go clean it up, man. Because it just, it impacts me so much. Like just having that negativity or criticism and stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm just not rolling like that. So those people just, I, I just really stay away from them or carve them out of my life. So that's a big thing is like who you spend your time with, what you're listening to. Um, but I guess I also just ask myself that question a lot. I don't have one solid like morning routine. I do this every day. My days are kind of different. I find, you know, I have a minimum for how much I need to be moving because when I'm sweating and when I'm working out, that's when I'm most connected and most inspired in my body. Mm -hmm. um, I really love time by myself. And so I love that I can just like be in my home. But even within that, I'm like, do I need to work? Do I need to study my house? Like, what do I need today to be in that space where I know that I'm vibing high? And then on the days that I'm not, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I just need to rest. It's okay. And so there's not many of those days because I'm kind of like, I, we got a lot of stuff to do. Like there's a lot of go in me, but also, and I honor the seasons too. Um, in Chinese medicine, we learn about the different seasons and the different organs. So we just moved into daylight savings time. So when I'm waking up and stuff like that, of course, just like everybody else, it's a little bit different. And the energy that I need now versus in, this, in the September and the fall time is different. So I just honor that too. I'm like, okay, oh, that's right. I wake up early now and this is what I do. So I kind of shift based on the seasons and I put it in my phone. So I remember, because I mm. believe patterns and processes are so, so important. And there's so, like, we forget, I forget from last year, but I had it in my phone. I was like, oh, that's right. This weekend was when the shift happens. And oh, that's why I'm up at three in the morning. And so it just helps me to kind of shift and like accommodate for the season that I'm moving into. So I do a lot of looking at patterns as well. Yeah, that's amazing. You said so much there and so many great things. What I find interesting is that, um, now you have, you do have a daily ritual, but it's not a fixed. It's so it's kind of in flow. Um, so many great things that you said there. And I think it's a good 
testament too that when people create a sort of a daily routine it doesn't have to be robotically the same thing over and over and over again because we're not gonna we're gonna tire of that anyway like protecting time for whatever it is that is that self-care and self-love and having the awareness as you say to to notice you know what your body actually needs what's going on in your mind and to being able to you know, adjust based on that. Is it time alone? Is it a, is it a good sweaty exercise? Is it a, you know, meditation, whatever it is for you. Um, but I, the big thing too, is um, protecting your energy, uh, protecting your vibe, creating those boundaries, like you said, because um, there's, there, there is a lot of energy vampires out there, um, you know, and everybody is where they are on their journey, but um, you do become most like the people you surround yourself with. And uh, nobody is, um, immune to uh constant negativity right it, it gets in there so i don't even watch the news really personally i'm with you brian i'm well that's why i like hanging out with you that's what you're <laughs> my it's true like and also people that want to grow people that are looking for you know like okay I, I always love seeing your pose when you're in the freezing cold water it brings back bobsled memories of sitting <laughs> in the german rivers and doing my ice bath and like all of these things but it's like this this pursuit of expansion and growth i think that is one of the the main things that i love um along with just a perspective that like i can we can impact our world we can make changes we can impact other people um so i think that perspective is so important but you're right yeah you're the yeah. average of the five. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So choose wisely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that you do, uh, you do, you're close to Sedona. So um, you just can zip over there every so often and to get into that energy. Um, and you mentioned like, um, you know, you're kind of your spiritual journey as well. Cause I'm always interested in that. And I know, you know, for some people, you know, it's, it's, everybody has different beliefs and things, but at the end of the day, what is it that's raising your vibration? and to expand as you mentioned and so do you have anything that you specifically do just on that front on just on, sort of on your spiritual practice or your faith or my faith is super super important to me i'm a i'm a believer i'm a christian and i just you know praise and worship for me when i'm able to sing and just like you know really block out everything i find that I shared this on another podcast I was on, Brian, and I said, really, when I move my body, like I feel God's presence and his pleasure. And then when I'm able to worship, it's almost like I give that back, like when I'm able to sing and praise. So the best times for me, like yesterday I had when I was out on a hike and then I just start, I was listening to this great song. I just said, running. And I was like, I felt so inspired and so invigorated, but I just, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for grace. I'm grateful for faith. And I know that I wouldn't be here with without that. And so that's just my truth. I believe that when we move from a place of love, when we move from a place of integrity and grace, like people are doing the best that they can, we're doing the best that we can. Um, and at the same time, like there's that piece, it's like, okay, what can we be responsible for? And how can we really like use our purpose and use why we're here for a greater good? And so I absolutely, I believe that God's got a plan in all of it. And um, I'm just trusting and continuing to move forward and really be the best version of me that I can be today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. Um, my visions have always been really big for what's possible. And I know that's, that's impossible, just my own happy smile and great energy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so much more. So definitely yeah. safe. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love when you can tap into that energy and uh, where it, it's, there's, there is something there, God flowing through you when it's that 
know, some people call it the universal mind, some people call it the source, whatever it is. But when we can actually open ourselves up to kind of, you know, step out of the way a little bit to kind of let that flow and co-create with that, that's where it's the real magic can happen. And, and, you know, I get goosebumps because, you know, in my practice, there's times when I get so immersed in that feeling mm. where you just are in a, in like, in a sort of feels like a bathtub of, of love and kindness and for self too. So, I mean, you, you talk about love and compassion and kindness and grace but um, that goes for yourself, to yourself too. That's such an important thing that people often overlook. Sometimes people are giving everybody else before they're filling their own cup. Um, and, you know, so taking that time for that self-care and love to really start to love yourself because a lot of people look themselves in the eye. And there's a one little habit I teach in my rewire program is um, it's being I just, you know, you can brush your teeth and just say, I love myself quietly to yourself while you're brushing your teeth. Just try it out. See how that feels. People really have difficulty with that practice. You know, a lot of people bring strong emotions and they just, they're like, wait a minute. I don't think I do, you know? So there's, there's something there, you know? It's so true. And like when we're able to do it for ourselves, like some of it comes from not being able to actually receive from a healthy place. And so I'll share sometimes with my clients, like when they're working on self-confidence and stuff, I remember the first time somebody like told me that I was beautiful. And I was like, and I didn't feel like that. Cause I didn't, I looked different than everybody around all my, all my friends look very different from me, but you know, I remember that. And the practice that I started doing was just saying, you know, when somebody gave me a compliment and this is probably in my early twenties, I would say, thank you. I received that, but I couldn't say it out loud. I wasn't confident enough to say it out loud. So I would mumble it under my breath. Thanks. I received that. And I don't know what quickened me to do that. But um, now I'm like, thank you. I fully received that. You know, <laughs> I believe it. You know, but a lot of times with my young athletes and with my clients, they won't believe that. I'm like, you are incredible. And they're like, yeah, thanks. You know, you know th there's not the ability mm -hmm. to receive it. So another little piece, like, I love the, I love you. I love that you're powerful. You're going to do great things today. Go get it. You know, like, I love the affirmation in the mirror, looking yourself in the eyes, right? Yeah. And receiving when you hear other people reflecting back to you the beauty the excellence the awesomeness of who you are like just taking a moment and just receiving that into your cellular memory so it becomes mm. your truth. Yeah. yeah cellular memory i love that and i you said uh, i received that on this uh on this podcast earlier when i said something to you but it makes the person saying it really feel like it hit home and it's like it makes me feel good too so actually i love that term i'm gonna yeah all that um, but I love also, you know, when people don't necessarily feel it at first and they don't have that belief in themselves yet. The interesting thing with the thoughts that we have about ourselves is that most thoughts are not facts. They're just random things that come up, maybe programmed in our subconscious mind when we're younger. Um, so like if thoughts are not facts and they can be considered lies. So you can tell yourself some better lies at first, even if you don't believe them just start to replace those negative thoughts and in cognitive behavior therapy, that's what it is. It's just, you begin to recognize that negative thought that comes up and if left unattended begins to create emotion that it weaves into a story and a narrative and, and then you're taking action on something that's not true. Um, so you can actually step back and say, you know what, I am powerful beyond measure and maybe not right now as much as I feel it, but uh, it will begin to create that belief and 
over time program into that cellular memory, as you mentioned. I've never heard that before. Believe better life. Like I'm like, yes. I always say, ask better questions. Don't ask dumb questions. You gotta you ask a dumb question, you're gonna get a damn. It's just a crappy question. Like don't ask crappy questions, right? But like I've never even thought about that. Like it's so true. It's like okay, that piece around it actually is an illusion. Like what you're yeah, absolutely that's yeah. a whole storyline that you've like unraveled, and now you're living out the reality of something that's totally false. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like and at that. the end of the day, uh, Amanda, the funny thing is, at a real spiritual level, it's all an illusion anyway. The funny thing is, we we did a practice in this uh, mindfulness mastermind where we we looked a person in the eyes for 15 minutes each way. So I did it for 15 minutes straight to my partner. Um, and he did it 15 minutes back to me. And it's like, who are you? What are you? Who are you? What are you repeated for 15 minutes? And you go, well, I'm a father and I'm this and I'm that. And then you realize that, you know, all of those things kind of take you further out into something called like the, uh, the, the wheel of awareness. And they're all kind of on the rim, but the closer you get to the hub, the harder it is to know what you are. And it just it boils down to I am that I am <laughs> kind of thing. But it's funny, all these things are just constructs that we use to to in this world that we live in. So you really can make it up whatever you want. You can make it till you make it and create your own. Uh, but, you know, it's rep repetition to get into that subconscious programming over time. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating but stuff. Well, and at the core, you know, I'm like, that's our spirit. That's our energy. Yeah. Right. And so it's always interesting. I think if we can, if we know, and we've talked about faith and we've talked about like the physical movement, all those pieces, when we identify what we need to like circumvent all of the conscious mind stuff, all of the, like, this is my role and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And all the quick answers that we give, it's almost like pulling back those layers, Bri, when we can go in and really look at, okay, at our core spirit like who are we that's when energy can flow out and yeah. i think that when that energy like ignites and sparks and it's like boom 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 that's where there's this synergy and it's just like yes i get you i see you because of all of the conscious layers of the yes, roles exactly. those are out of there like no you're just dope because i see your heart you know yeah. we say namaste the light within me recognizes it celebrates the light inside of you and i'm like i really feel if more of us can do that more often, like the impact and, and all of the, you know, whether it's fear, whether it's, you know, dissension, whether it's any of these things in our world, like when we, more people are tapped into that, it's like those synergistic moments are happening more often. Mm -hmm. And then they, you build an appetite for what you see, you build an appetite for what you're feeling when that synergy is happening. Right? Yeah. So yes. Powerful. Yeah, exactly. So cool. And, you know, again, being very important, what you're consuming, you know, what, uh, and not just, uh, you know, information, but also like the food you eat and everything else It all, it all matters. Um, so you touched on, um, on purpose a little while back and, you know, so I kind of also think of purpose as sort of your why, um, you know, because when, whenever I coach people and, you know, we try to create sort of a, a habit set to get them, you know, to do different things. And, you know, I like, the, I like the morning routine. So again, it's like, depending on what we put into it, but just getting up a little bit earlier. So what is the purpose for you? Like, if you're going to get up in the morning, as soon as your feet hit the floor and you don't want to do it that day, you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's raining. Maybe you don't, maybe you actually have some space in the morning. You could just go back to bed for a little while, but what is it that gets you out of bed every morning and, and moving forward? 
is such a loaded question. So <laughs> the first piece, I mean, the first piece that gets me out of bed is just, I'm so grateful. I'm really, really grateful for the life that I have for my family. Like, I'm just really grateful. And I know that there's like, I'm like, there's so much that I want to do. There's so many lives that I want to impact. Um, there's, yeah. And it's big. It's far reaching. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like, let's go. <laughs> so I get up. There's, there's very few mornings that I wake up that I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling it. I'm like, all right, boom, w like wake up and like, let's go. And so, um, what keeps me going really is a sense of like, I want to have an incredible legacy for my children. For me, family is like everything, um, the center of what I do. And I really believe that we find family, all of us in different ways, and it looks different. Um, for me, sport was such a big, like that was the really the core of what I knew as team and family for so many years. And so I love working with athletes for that reason. And I know that if I can help to impact athletes, I believe that as they step into leadership as sports leaders, that there can be this transformation in our world. And so I have a bigger vision for, you know, really a space to impact sports leaders and their families. So they don't have to choose between really like their giftings and their callings and their family. It's like a place where they can reconnect with themselves, with nature and with one another, you know, and so bigger vision wise, like that's a piece of it in the here and now it's about these new clients that are coming on and new athletes that have different struggles, but really a lot of them are very, very similar. So I'm like, okay, guys, if you can do it once, you can do it again, you know? And so it just inspires me to give them tools. I love it when my athletes are like, oh, I got, they get it, you know, that moment, yeah. they get it in their head and their heart. And then I see them get it in their body. And I'm like, you got it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Right? And I'm like knuckles. And so I'm working with these young men and these young women right now, specifically before it gets too hot here in Arizona. But I'm like, hey, look, we got eight weeks. I'm going to give you some tools. I'm like, you go, we're going to do them. But then I want you to go out and like use them in your life. And then in the fall, let's circle back, you know? And so really creating these relationships and then seeing how it impacts the parents, which mm. is incredible. It's like, wow. They're like, they actually like, they got it. I've been telling them that like for so long and they actually got it from you, Coach A. And I was like, I know my son's the same. He doesn't always listen to me, but he'll listen to his coaches. So right. you gotta get the right people in the circle, you know, around around your family, around your community. So, um, but to go back and really like answer your question, Brian, it really is the sense of like, we are here to serve. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I get to do that in a space that I absolutely love. I, I wish some days I'm like, man, I wish I had three more days today. Mm -hmm. You know, I really feel like I could feel it because hours will go by when I'm doing the work that I love. Um, and I'm like, oh my goodness, got to go do pickup, or I got to come back to the reality of life, you know, of being a mom and being a wife. Right. So, um, but that's what I jump out of bed and I'm like, okay, let's go. Like we got stuff to do. Like we, we got, we got a world to impact. Let's go. And so it's kind of like a bobsled ride. Sometimes it's like, you're going, you know, 90, hundred miles an hour almost. And for us, our head was down. So sometimes it was like, <laughs> <in the back. laughs> yeah. I'm 
see anything. And so, you know, sometimes I feel like that, of course, on the journey and building business and, you know, being a mom, being a wife, it's like, it can be rough. <laughs> Three really fast, smooth rides are so beautiful. So, yeah. Oh. Well, that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, so on, on that note, I mean, um, as far as energy being and everything, I love your energy, Amanda. Uh, you always bring it. I'm so grateful to, to have you as a friend and to be able to connect with you every week. We see at least see each other once a week on, on a call with one of, our, uh, one of our group sessions. So thank you so much for that. Now, if people want to, uh, to reach out and contact you for coaching um, or had questions, how would they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, first of all, Brian, for having me. It's such a delight. I love seeing you every week. And like, it's the same. I always say we're mirror reflections of one mm -hmm. another. And that's when there is that resonance. So I appreciate you. And uh, the best place to find us right now, um, Instagram is like where we're at most of the time. So Fortify Coaching Team. Um, and then FortifyCoachingTeam.com, the website, there's like a, a placeholder right now, but it's almost hopefully by the end of this month, we'll have that up and running. Um, and honestly, you know, DMing me on, you know, Fortify coaching team. I usually, I answer all of the messages personally. So if there's a question that you have, or if you want to book a time to just kind of dive in and, and see what might be next, I'm happy to have those discovery calls as well. So um, either of those places are the best places to get a hold of me. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for taking the time. And uh, we'll have to do this again soon. We'll dive deeper into some of this stuff on our next round. I look forward to it. Thank okay. you. Have a okay. Bye-bye.